Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Please be seated. Doug, that was nice, that hallelujah. Thank you. Choir, that was nice. <laughs> Today is our annual meeting, and what I normally do is on the Sunday of our annual meeting, I use our combined service to, uh, in place of the sermon, to give my annual address to the parish and talk about vision and what we're going to be doing in the future. And uh, I am really excited to share this with you today. Uh, let me begin with the most obvious. I believe and see us growing in many ways according to God's ways. God's ways are grounded in love. Love is the overriding outpouring that comes to us from God. Everything else stems from that. St. John tells us, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now, it doesn't take too long reading in Scripture to realize that this love that Jesus talks about is a sacrificial love that gives itself for the benefit of others even to the point of sacrificing oneself. It's a love that goes after people, even hunts them down to rescue them from their bad choices. It is a love that was so offended by the greed that distorted God's temple and hurt the people that it made a whip and drove the greedy from their money stalls. This is not a sentimental love. It's not a schmaltzy love. It's not a Valentine's Day love. It is more like the love of a mother bear for her cubs. Imagine a mother bear writing a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is a little longer than normal, so take your shoes off, unbutton your belts, uh, get comfortable, okay? The more we are aligned with God's love, the more we will attract those seeking a loving God. Let me say that again. The more we are aligned with God's love, the more we will attract those seeking a loving God. Father David Roseberry once told me, the good shepherd will send you all the sheep you can care for. As our love grows, so, so will our church family. <laughs> Several of the video testimonies you're going to hear during the meeting witness to our loving care for others. I'm really looking forward to you all getting to see both videos. As Mother Teresa said, <clears throat> kindness has converted more people than zeal, science, or eloquence. To repeat, I see us growing according to God's ways, and that includes financially. We will grow to the degree we are aligned with the Lord's will. The church is not and should not be and should never be in the business of making a profit. With God, we grow in material resources not to store up treasure, but in order to expend those resources for God's glory and the benefit of others. As Rick Warren is fond of saying, God's work done God's way will never lack for God's support. Now understand this is not an invitation in the flesh, you know, to in the flesh think up big things and ask God to bless them. Churches are notorious for doing that. 
He come up with all the plans and all the ideas and everything. It's ready to go. We've got a blueprint for it. And then we say, oh, God, why don't you bless this? You know, that's not how God works. Okay. This is an invitation to get on our knees and spend time discerning what the Lord would have us do. Understanding what that is and then committing to it. And then asking for God's help to fulfill his will. Does that make sense? We often get the cart before the horse. We need to turn it around. So we're doing it God's way. Brothers and sisters, we are about to complete capital improvements that amount to almost $14 million. As God blesses people to be a blessing, he has inspired people in our congregation to give gifts that have made it possible for us to enter these buildings without debt. Let me say that again. Without debt. Okay? Why? Why would he do that? It's because God, I believe, it's because God wants us to be ready without the distractions of debt to do more than we have ever done. You and me doing more than we have ever done. Because not, we're not worried about how are we going to pay that, you know, service the note. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? I've been in a church that struggled with serving two masters. And believe me, you don't want to go there. Jesus tells us no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. God has made it possible for us to serve him without divided loyalties. And I believe God has much for us to do. Over the past few months, when I did not have much I could do but pray, it has been made clear to me that our mission is very simple. It is to join Jesus in his mission to expand the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, that's it. Our mission is to join Jesus in his mission, to expand the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We're not supposed to come up with another mission and then ask God to support it. We are to devote ourselves to Jesus' mission, which already has his Father's support. I see us making mission and outreach not just a line item in the budget, but our primary work. I see a time when local and global missions engage every member of our growing church where every member of this family is engaged one way or another in the missions we are doing, global and locally. Brothers and sisters, right now we are supporting a mission project to what is called an unrecognized, unreached people group. These are the Kolbars, who live in the mountains between Iraq and Iran, and they have very tragic stories. Uh, they really have no way to make a living except to uh, shuttle things back and forth over the mountains. And the Iranians hate them, so if they see one, they'll shoot them. And many people have lost uh, their lives. Families have lost their fathers. And you see little grandmothers, Jerry says, that are hauling these big loads over the mountains you know, uh, for $20. That's only way they have to make a living. And they have always taken care of themselves, been by themselves, uh, never really been a part of any other larger group. 
And Jerry told me about two years ago, Father Jerry, he told me, the Lord is just putting it on my heart heavy that we need to reach those people. And they, they'd never heard the gospel. And so we gave him 20,000 to begin working on reaching this unreached group. And Jerry said that they've been using him in different ways to support them. Actually, the first time they went to meet them, and it, it, they almost had to do it covertly because they, they needed to hide as they were doing it. Jerry said, uh, when he said, what can we do? How can we help you? Uh, they said, no one has ever asked us that question. No one. And we have been, this season, part of that money went to give food baskets to the families who were most impoverished and the ones whose fathers had been killed. And, um, Jerry said he wanted me to tell y'all that because he truly believes that you and I are the ones through intercession and through support make it possible for them to do their missions. He said, tell Christ Church that the food baskets they sponsored this season opened the coal bar's heart to hearing the gospel and that we are already seeing baptisms among a group that until a year ago had never heard the gospel of the kingdom. This is something to celebrate. This is really what, what I look forward to is the day you're in heaven and coal bars start coming up to you and thanking you for how you help them to learn about Christ. And we have the opportunity to do so much more. You will be hearing about other ways through, for example, East-West Ministries, that we can sponsor missionaries who are ready and trained to reach other unreached people groups. Probably make a trip or two. Our plan is to focus our mission and outreach in such a way that it aligns with God's will and makes a true difference for the kingdom. You know that difference between just a light and then a tight light? Difference between this light and a laser? We want to get our mission and outreach to a laser focus so that we can truly make a difference for the kingdom. Locally, sit, make sure you're sitting down, okay? Locally, I see us, God calling us to an audacious venture that we can only do with him. I see us developing a downtown ministry center that reaches the up and out with, the, with God's love. Now, there's up and out and there's down and out. And our region has many, many ministries for the down and out, and we support many of them. And we will continue to. But what seems to be lacking is stronger ministry to the up and out. Those people are equally in need of God's love and care. I see a downtown ministry center within walking distance of most of the downtown population. Where biblical counseling is offered for life and marriage and parenting. I see a location where we offer teaching and training for how our jobs can be our mission. I see a place where Bible studies and prayer and worship are offered for all of downtown throughout the day. 
uh, see this being an extension of our parish so that volunteers and, and staff and clergy may rotate between the two locations. We don't have to go build another building necessarily. We may find a building downtown that would be perfect for that, you know, or even talk somebody into giving us rent-free space because we can give them a tax deduction, you know. You never know. That's for God to sort out. This, this idea, actually, the Lord started placing on my heart many years ago when we were first beginning to talk about capital improvements. I don't know if you recall, but at our first meeting, I said, I really, as, along with this, I really want to see us having a ministry downtown, especially tying in with the intercessors and the teachers. I, I think God is calling us to this, but I'm not going to say anything more about that until you get a chance to pray about it. But if you scoff at this idea as too much of a reach, keep in mind, we're just now completing what amounts to a $14 million campus development without debt. Can we give God a little praise for that? <laughs> I think it is fair to say if a ministry center downtown is what God wants, then he will provide the resources. But our first step is prayer. And if we receive his confirmation and his strategy, then and only then do we begin to plan. We're going to get into the habit of praying and then planning rather than planning and then praying. We're going to make it a habit to pray and then plan. And we're not going to reject prayerfully exploring an idea with God because we think it is too big. Let me say that again. We are not going to reject prayerfully exploring an idea with God because we think it is too big. Never insult God by telling him he is not up to the task. Brothers and sisters, my hope in prayer is that over the next 10 years, we will give as much to others as we have given to ourselves. That we will give as much to mission and outreach over the next 10 years as we have given to our campus improvements. We can easily do that if we remain in God's will. As Jesus tells us, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Now, this does not mean we can band together and ask to win the lottery so we can all live better lives. I've tried. What it means is, if we are so deeply united with Christ that our will is his will, then we will ask for those things he and his father have planned for us to do. And that's when you begin cooking with gas. When we're all in agreement. Now, all of this requires we become true disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the part you and I must do for this vision to be realized. Okay? We must learn to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. And in that light, I want to tell you about some important changes we're already making uh, to ensure that our church family does not simply rest in these new buildings. It's going to be tempting because they're beautiful. And uh, I can't wait till you see the cover of the annual meeting report. It's lovely. I want to make sure we use these buildings as a launching pad 
where loving and obedient disciples are created and prepared to join Jesus' mission in the world. This year, and from now on, we're going to examine all we do to ensure we are focusing on Jesus. Once again, being with him, becoming like him, and doing what he did and still does in the world. And with the essential aid of the Holy Spirit, we will do the good things God planned for us long ago. We're going to work to be sure that we are more than fans of Jesus. This isn't a pep rally on Sunday morning. It's more than that. We want to become a family of sons and daughters who are apprentices of Jesus, who are in training to join the family business of expanding the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Now, these three emphasis, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did, are not going to be approached in a linear fashion. And that's because people are not linear. Some may begin with being with Jesus. Others may feel called to begin doing what Jesus did. Others may feel called to begin with becoming like Jesus. We're going to have open doors to all three because we're going to all need all of it, but maybe not all at the same time. For instance, you may begin with doing what Jesus did and find your strength for the task requires a closer walk with Jesus. That's great. There's one path we're all going to be on. And all we ask is that we all stay on the same path, but not necessarily at the same place. Where you are on the path is for you and the Holy Spirit to decide. I believe very often many people will first, their first stop will be doing what Jesus did in witnessing and outreach. It is there that we can begin to learn the difference between our power in the flesh and his power in the spirit. And that drives us back to wanting to become more like Jesus and being with him. The thing is, brothers and sisters, if we stick with the Holy Spirit, if we walk with the Holy Spirit, we will eventually get to all of it because we will need all of it. And even as I speak, many of us are praying for God to reveal his strategy to reach our neighbors in the homes and apartments near our church and eventually in the neighborhoods where we live. You're going to hear more about this later, but right now we need intercessors. Intercessors who will get on their knees and pray for God's will to be revealed. Please email Pastor Rip and let him know if you will get involved with this. Now, in closing, let me raise the following questions. Why are we doing this? Why this sharpening of our focus on our church family? Because it matters eternally. Jesus tells us we are called to be his witnesses. We are his ministers of reconciliation between God and man. Yet, although there are some remarkable exceptions, most of us don't do this very well. And I have struggled with this situation over the entirety of my ordained life. And with God's help, and maybe a little two by four over the head, I've come to realize that that's not your fault. You wanted to know, you just haven't been taught. That's more my fault than it is yours. In the past few months, as I had more time to read and hear God, I began to realize this is a challenge within the entire Western church. Listen to this quote from Pastor John Mark Comer. The modern church is facing a crisis of discipleship. It's not that people don't want to become like Jesus or that people aren't trying to become like Jesus. Is that we don't know how to become like Jesus. 
But that's about to change. Brothers and sisters, God is good. And he has positioned us for better things than we can even imagine right now. And we're going to focus on becoming the people he needs, who hears his will, and then do the good works he has prepared for us. This is not some program we're going to be done with in a year or two. This is our future in Jesus, and with Jesus, and for Jesus. Let me say that again. This is our future in Jesus, with Jesus, and for Jesus. In essence, we are going to be practicing living in the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you. As far as I'm concerned, we can hardly ask for a better way to spend the rest of our earthly lives than training for an eternity of unending delight with Jesus in his kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.